Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. I'm your host Ryan Black and I am joined by my co-host Joshua Taylor and we are back and we are playing with power. Josh, how you doing this week? Not too bad so far. Good to hear. Good to hear. I'm doing well myself and uh, without wasting any more time, let's get into what we are Radical Rexing about. Okay, Josh, what you got for us this week? All right, so this week, um, well, actually for a little while, uh, my Switch that I got on release day, um, it had been making a lot of noise with the fan. It sounded pretty awful, almost like a jet taking off <laughs> for, for quite some time on and off. And, and as of the last week or two, um, it started overheating. So like I'd play for a little bit and it was kind of various times. Like one time it was like an hour, but then it was like 30 minutes the next time. It would overheat and go to sleep. So I figured that probably isn't good for it <laughs> over no time. Bueno. So I had to figure out something. It looked like it was going to cost some money if I sent it in. And then I'd have to take six weeks or whatever it was going to take for it to ship them to fix it, ship it back and all that. So um, instead of all of that um, and trying to make this story as short as I can, um, we also had an extra switch light I'd gotten for free a while back, long story short. So trying to sell that for, for some extra dough towards it. But basically um, I ended up getting a new switch working on transferring everything over, which is quite a process, especially with animal crossing. It's a little more confusing than they make it sound. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I actually was able to find the uh, the Animal Crossing special edition Switch that looks really nice. I really like that. It um, is. Yeah, like the the white uh, dock and the uh, the Joy-Cons, the different colors on it and everything. I just really like that one. So I'm really happy I kind of had an excuse to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I, I ended up getting that this week. It's just it's nice and fresh, and there's no not that my switch is scratched up, but you know there's no scratches on it, and it just feels good. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, now and outside of that, we've got what is today? Two weeks from today, um, I'll be in Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. So I'm Woo! very happy about that. So yeah, I'll probably be on next week, and then I'll probably have to be taking a week or so off. Yeah. Definitely Completely that. understandable. <laughs> and also, um, it's it's it has its struggles, but I'm still trying it. And hopefully, one of these days, um, the right person sees it or shares it. But uh, and I end up getting some views. But we started, or I started streaming on Facebook today instead of Twitch. Twitch was getting to be a little bit of a pain for everybody. And long story short, we decided to just go to Facebook for now. So, you know, that's interesting. I'm hoping maybe I'll have better luck there over some time here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, had I guess a decent bit going on for once here. <laughs> Good. How about you? Ah, well, um I am just still hyped about the direct and it was it was so exciting, you know, Skyward Sword. It's, it's coming to Switch oh, yeah. like so many good games are on the Switch and just they keep adding more and more and it's great. Um I was able to get a hold of the Joy-Cons, so I uh I'm definitely going to be getting those Zelda Joy-Cons. I'm really excited oh. about that. I was able to grab them really quickly at GameStop when they first went up. I don't even know how, like, but it, it worked lucky. out. <laughs> so and I just got to save up for it. <laughs> Luckily, they don't do that immediately charge you for it thing that GameStop used to do. So that's that helps a little bit to save for it, especially with you know COVID and everything. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, one thing. The other thing that I am just absolutely like 
just loving is Dragon Quest Eleven. Like I can't stop playing it. It I you know that Mario game came out and I don't even know that there's a Mario game anymore. Like it's on my Switch, but nope. The only thing that's playing right now is Dragon Quest. There's nothing else. <laughs> uh it's just I just I just finished like just a few minutes ago, finished Act One. And uh wow, what a uh what an ending to Act One. My goodness. That was intense. So uh I'm I'm hooked. Uh I've, I just adore Dragon Quest games. Um, I think I still prefer nine, um, but a lot. I still have a lot to play in this game, so we'll see. Uh, but the social aspect was kind of a big, big factor that was unique uh, that this one does not have. But uh, you know, and it's beautiful. Like the cutscene at the end of that was like, wow, this is Switch. This is great. <laughs> I tried the demo for that game myself, and like I said, I liked it. Um, but it's definitely something I wouldn't always play, but it was pretty interesting. I don't know if I'll ever get, you know, be able to pick it up and what have you, but it is it is pretty interesting. I could see the appeal. It, got, it took me, with all the grinding and stuff that I did just for the fun of it um, and item collecting and stuff, I, I'm sitting at about 50 hours uh, in my first, after completing the first act. So so keeping pretty, pretty on task. I hear it's about a 120-hour game, so... I think I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm definitely well leveled. I don't have to really have to yeah. grind or anything. Um, taking down enemies pretty fast. Um, but, you know, plot twists kind of change things uh, with the story. So it might be a little different uh, going forward here. But I'm kind of curious to see what, what that involves. Um, other than that, um, I think that's about everything for what I'm radical rexing about. Um, there's not a whole lot of games on the horizon that I'm wanting to pick up. Um, coming down the pipeline until Zelda. Uh depends on when World Ends With You comes out. But uh yeah. you know, until then I'll just keep keep hanging out and, and playing what I've got. Got a lot of backlog from Christmas anyway that I got for games that I got. Um yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So uh without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the topic. Uh we are recording this today on the thirty fifth anniversary of the Legend of Zelda. So we figured we'd do the original Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda. What an amazing, amazing game this is. Truly captivating. It took the world by storm. Um, it was released on the Famicom Disk System first in Japan on February 21st, 1986. And then the uh, NES uh, US received it on August 22nd, 1987. Wow, that was a long wait, but it was totally worth it because <sighs> absolutely a masterpiece of a game for something on the nes um it wasn't just arcade it was it actually had a save mechanic and you could actually have story progression um at the time that was pretty unprecedented uh josh uh what were your first experiences with this game <laughs> so this one um really with my first experiences with it I probably can't remember. Um, my dad actually had it because um, I was born in 89, so I was a little late to this one. Um, but he, and, and I know he loved the original Zelda and two, and him and my uncle went through and beat him and everything. Uh, they actually had hand-drawn maps. I wish they would have kept those. I wish I still had those. But uh, anyhow, he had traded in his NES for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, so 
there with that. I think he still regrets that. But uh, the, the first time I actually remember playing it was, I'm wanting to say Animal Crossing on the GameCube, um, mm-hmm. which you needed, and we might talk more about that here in a moment, but you needed an action replay to unlock it on there. Um, but it was either that or like the, uh, it came out, what was it, on one of the collections or, or something like that on the GameCube. So yeah, it was around that time, and I feel like I played it a little more on the Wii and, and things like that. Um, I do have the old cartridge. I did eventually go and pick one of those up just kind of for the sake of having it. So yeah, it was definitely one that was after I'd played several other Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really, really young, and when I remember like seeing The Legend of Zelda for the first time, and I remember seeing the gold cartridge, I've got some nostalgia for the location as well. Um, so my dad um, owned a house uh, near a local college here in Indianapolis, and um, he met my mom there, and uh, he always held on to the house. Um, you know, he, he would rent it out to people um, after he left and, you know, moved on after he got married and, and everything. But he'd rent it out to people. And one time he went over there to work on some maintenance for something. And he took me along over there. And, you know, college kids were hanging out and, and they had their big, you know, those big wooden TVs. And uh, they had The Legend of Zelda sitting there. They had their NES. And I was, like, obsessed with their NES. Like, what games do you have? What games do you have? And on the very top there, sitting on top of their TV set, was this gold cartridge and i was just like i want to play that game <laughs> it's so pretty and so th- they put the game in and and they didn't really hand the controller to me or anything but they kind of played around for kind of demoed it for me a little bit and uh i thought that was so cool like oh this must be like super rare because it's got it's got golden color and oh this is the coolest game ever <laughs> It's just such an early memory, and it always stuck with me. Um, I never really played Zelda up until Ocarina of Time myself. Um, well, I should say, I'm actually I'm not sure if I played Link's Awakening before or after Ocarina of Time. They were pretty close around around each other. Um, I may have actually played Link's Awakening. That's about prior. the same here, honestly, between those two games. Yeah, really close. <laughs> So um, it was a while before I actually got to experience The Legend of Zelda on my own. Um, and that was when I sat down and played it, like truly played through it um, when the uh, GameCube special edition disc came out that had the first game, the second game, and then the two 3D games from 64. Um, all on GameCube on a, on a promotional disc if you pre-ordered The Wind Waker. Uh, if I remember right, is that right? Or was the promotional disc... Oh. Now it's all kind of blurring together because there was a promotional <laughs> disc with Ocarina of Time and Master Quest as well. Okay, and so I'm, the promotional disc. Well, then what, how did you get the other one? Was it? I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't Twilight Princess, was it? No, no. I, I, it might have just been like a single release. It, it was a special way of doing it because honestly, I'm very surprised I didn't find a way to get this because I've always been a big Zelda fan. I don't mm-hmm. actually have that one anniversary disc, or not anniversary, but collection. Um, so I, I don't remember. I know I had both, um, at, at some point, but I just can't remember how I got a hold of them. I mean, obviously through the legit means, I, right. I remember picking one of them up from GameStop, which was probably the, the, when the Wind Waker thing happened. Um, but it's kind of crazy. Like, I wish they did something like that today, but you know, scalpels would be all over that. Okay. Um, so 
with the original Legend of Zelda, um, it has that famous line, famous opening. Um, it's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this, and you pick up your sword and start your grand adventure. Uh, how iconic is that? So, Josh, I've got to know: Have you beaten this game? I have. I think I've beaten it twice. Like okay. full, com- got all the heart pe- or heart containers. I was gonna say ah. full completion, but really, all there is is beating it and getting the heart containers. I guess. But um, okay. I, did you do I both remember- adventures? I have not beaten the second one, actually. I've played through it some, and I started it again not too far back. Mm-hmm. And I end up getting stuck. Like, I, I actually really like the original. Um, I like mm-hmm. it better than some of the other 2D ones. But um, some of the ways it's aged, <laughs> some things still hold up pretty well. But in some ways, it has the age, like when you die. It uh, puts you back at the beginning of the dungeon you're at, or just if you're in the field out at the beginning with only three hearts left. <laughs> Um, which it becomes a real big problem later on and just gets kind of frustrating and you have to wander all the way back to a ferry or something to get your hearts back and hope you don't get hit. And I think even like the second quest on there is, is not only just harder, just things are more cryptic, like almost more frustrating mm-hmm. than they are like as fun and surprising to figure out like they are in the original quest. So no, I haven't beat the second quest. Um, I've played a decent bit of it, but the first one I've, I've definitely went through a couple times, maybe three times. I can't remember now. I think the first time I beat it was on Wii, to be honest, on the Wii Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. You pretty much had to bomb like every wall in the second one, I felt like, in the second yeah. and third playthrough. Um, which was actually cool that you could get to it right away. Um, if I remember right, you could just name your character Zelda and play with the second, the second version of the game. Um, it's yeah. supposedly a hard mode. Um, it's more like a remix, I guess, in this era. Would you say that, or would you think it's actually like harder as well? It's it's more than a hard mode, I would say too. It's just uh, I, I I can't remember if like enemies do more damage or anything like that. I believe just things are more complicated to figure out than they were even originally. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been a well, it's probably only been a couple years now since I've tried it, but. It's definitely a little different than I feel like a lot of hard modes now just kind of ups the damage done or damage taken or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I have to commend them on actually even including that in there. It is, you know, it's it's a whole new set of dungeons, so to speak, um, like the layouts are different and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the controls, um, you know, you've got NES controls, so there's not a whole lot of buttons to work with. Um, but the way that they set it up, you move with the D-pad, and then you have your A for your sword attack, and then you have a secondary item for B. Um, and then start brings up your menu, and then um, select will move the cursor on the save screen and, and pause as well. Um, so pretty pretty basic controls on the NES, not a lot of buttons to work with. Um, but it worked really well. Um, the secondary item, you know, you've got your, your traditional... Um, kind of bombs that you work with um you know and then uh later on you can pick up um is it is it a raft that you can get i want to say um, yeah for your secondary slot um what items did they bring to the table for that um for the secondary slot i actually don't have it pulled up in front of me i apologize um I know the good. raft was more of like a uh it didn't go in the slot so much as it was just something you had. Like when you got okay. to, uh, when you got to uh, like boardwalks or so to speak, um, 
like in, on but big bodies of water, you could walk up to them and it would take you straight across it to say like an island or something like that. Um, so that's how that one worked. Now I know some of the some of the items included like a boomerang, um, the candle that you could use for mm-hmm. different things. There was an upgrade to that as well. Um, let's see the bow and arrow, which worked a little funny in this one. Like you had to you'd find the bow I think in the first dungeon, perhaps, but you had to go buy arrows from the store and once you bought the arrow um you could use rupees or it would like your arrows would cost a rupee to use <laughs> this is a little strange um what else was on there i'm trying to pull it up but uh you've got yeah, there's the recorder so you got your music staple music item and zelda so mm-hmm. uh, they brought yeah, th- classic was actually i mean you can't forget your shield <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and you started with the shield. Not that wasn't even um unlike sort of the Game Boy games, it wasn't even uh like the second slot. It was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh you could get an upgrade to it. Another thing was of course the bombs, um which were pretty required for this one, especially if you were trying to find all of the heart containers and things like that. You've got your usual potions. I think they had like a blue and a red one. Um, or, well, I guess, according to this, it was like Water of Life, and then Second Potion. Um, but you have your Magical Rod as well, um, as an option, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, rods have been a big thing um, in Zelda, in a lot of different forms, and it's kind of cool that it, that started with the original. Um, if I remember right, there was even a, a letter that you could get. Um, I want to say that you could sell it. There is a letter in this. Um, I believe it goes from Oh, gosh, I should know the answer to this. <laughs> I'm wanting to say a moblin to, like, an old lady or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be getting some things confused, but yeah, you can't actually sell anything. But one of the items you do have to get that you have to buy is uh, food. It's like a big hunk of meat, um, and I, you, give, you have to give that to a moblin, I believe. Um, and then there's, like, the stepladder that you can get across, like, uh, just little paths or little creeks or rivers, sort of. Mm-hmm. So... That was kind of handy, and it never really came back again. Um, I'm trying to find some other ones. There's the magic book. You could pair it with the red. Uh, let me see here. Well, I'm sorry. It says the red allows the user to cast fire magic. There's the magic rod. I think you said that one. There's actually a decent amount of items in this for it being like the first game <laughs> in the series. It's kind of funny. Um, this this game has had it kind of sparked a genre and. It had many knockoffs. Like I remember, uh, I'll briefly mention this one. There was like a, a Bible-based game. Um, yeah. I think it was Spiritual Warfare. That was pretty much just a Christianese like adaptation of The Legend of Zelda, essentially. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there's games that, that tried to imitate this, but uh, nothing's quite like the classic. Um, yeah. There was uh, some of the common items, you know, you're running through the Triforce. That's something that's run through the whole series. Um, this was only one part of the Triforce. Uh, the three parts were not introduced until later. Uh, so you were just collecting, I think it was the Courage one this whole time. If I remember right, it may, I don't think it was power. Um, I think it was involving that. Do you remember which one that was? I believe it is Courage. Yeah, yeah there's... You're basically just finding pieces to 
to that one piece of the trap horse. If I remember correctly, again, I just played this again on stream like two hours ago, <laughs> including <laughs> reading the story. And um, yeah, I'm looking here. The trap horse, one of power and one of wisdom. So yeah, basically though, you are only collecting shards of one of the pieces of the trap horse. Mm-hmm. And if I'm right, there's eight pieces total? Yes. Yep. And then each dungeon had its its own compass and map and, you know, of course, the small keys. Um, just that's something that's always been a staple in, in Zelda's were, were these compasses, dungeon maps, and keys. Um, up until uh, Breath of the Wild, I would say. I don't know if they've excluded it from any others that were mainline, um, but they're, they're pretty... They're pretty much staples in the series, so you know that started right with its roots. Um, of course, you got your heart containers. Um, there was a clock in this game um, that, when you grabbed it, it would essentially stop the enemies in their tracks, kind of freeze them. I think it's timed. I think they could eventually come out of that. Um, I don't think you have to run off the screen and go back for it to reset. But you know, that was kind of a cool thing. I don't know if that clock has ever been used before, but you could argue that Ocarina of Time was not the first game that used the time mechanic um, with this clock, you know, <laughs> freezing time. Um, <laughs> then, of course, your classic your, your classic money, your, your rupee. Um, that's always been in every Zelda, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say sort of to a small aspect, maybe, that time right. has sort of been a thing in Zelda since, like, the beginning, if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a timeline. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think they've even changed things around since Hyrule, Hist- Hyrule Historia some. So, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? I-, I do like to try to figure it out, and speculate it and all that. It's kind of fun. So uh, some but... of the levels um, and dungeons that you- you'd come across, they all looked kind of the same. Uh, they've got like kind of like a house or some kind of structure that has an opening. Uh, usually there's like shrubbery or trees or something surrounding it on all sides and you kind of walk into the dungeon um most of them are shaped about the same um i think there's one that was just randomly like in a bush or something like that or near like it didn't make much sense they were just kind of there um if you really look at them actually they're all shaped like different things i don't think it says (laughs) it in the game but like the dungeon one like if you look at like the instruction book thing is well what i'm looking at here is an eagle um, mm-hmm. And if you go back and kind of look at the layout, it sort of is. It's almost like looking at uh, constellations or something, the way they're laid out, I guess. And like Dungeon 2 is the moon. And it looks like a crescent moon. Um, I'm going to say three wrong. Um, they call it a, a Manji. 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 Okay, well. Um, and then like the next one's Snake. I guess I could, at this rate, I'll go ahead and finish it. <laughs> dungeon 5 is a lizard. Um, let's see. Dungeon 6 is dragon. Dungeon 7 says demon. I, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to look like, but there you go. And then Dungeon 8 is a lion. Um, demon is, um, that's where the water clears for the fairy fountain, and then there's like stairs going underground. Yeah. So kind of like journeying underneath the earth, you know, that kind of idea with demon. So I think yeah. is what they're kind of going for with that. <laughs> <laughs> the lion is strange just because it's just, I don't know, just a random staircase know surrounded by trees there's not much of of an entrance a grand entrance or anything like that just kind of pops up then of course you got your classic death mountain which has appeared many times in the game Uh, it's kind of interesting that um this ninth area um 
is the Death Mountain that you've seen in pretty much all different iterations. I most associate Death Mountain with Gorons, um, but it's very different in the first game. <laughs> yeah, it is. It lives up to its name maybe a little better in the first game. It is extremely yeah. dangerous. <laughs> that it is, um, and it's also uh, skull-shaped as well, the layout of the map. Yeah. It's it's big. It, it's big. There's a ton of enemies in it that are just a huge pain in the butt, including Ganon at the end of it, of course. Um, it's it's a doozy. So there's a few other locales in the game and the overworld. Um, you traverse uh, Death Mountain um, in general, if, and you also have like fairy fountain locations where you can go and you can get healed. Um, also, there's a graveyard, uh, you know, complete with uh, even I think. I want to say the gravestones had crosses on them, and then also controversially, uh, the uh, shield that Link had had a cross on it as well. You know, there's various item shops. Um, you have your Lost Woods in this game, like where you go and you keep going. You can infinitely keep going from one screen to the next if you don't go in a certain order. Um, and there's also a hint you can find that'll tell you how to get past that. A couple of mini games here, there. You know, you've got your regular sh shops. You've got your starting screen where you go in and, and see the old man. Um, there's not much you do with that starting screen. I don't think you ever go back there once you get your sword. Um, I don't think there's any other significance to that starting point other than you get dumped back there whenever you die in the in the main world. You know, in the overworld. So yeah, it kind of becomes something you don't want to see after a while. Um, <laughs> and there's yeah, yeah. There's really nothing there after that first time you get the sword and leave um now there is a lot of out of all the zeldas um this one i think is probably one of the most cryptic where a lot of later ones sort of give you hints a little more often this one does but you really kind of have to dig for them or just happen upon them and a lot of the heart containers are just like almost if you were lucky enough to bomb the correct wall when you were just wandering around the <laughs> place um it's not like a huge world i guess but it's still pretty difficult to to find that that there's a couple occasions where it's like hey that wall kind of looks like it's in a of an odd place you know there's kind of like a just flat part there that looks like you could bomb it and a lot of times there is something there but not always um some of it i don't know how i don't know how everybody found it without some sort of help <laughs> or mm -hmm. it just took a very long time like i know my dad didn't have any help back then but uh somehow they figured it out and i I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the, the, the patience without having somewhat of a memory of it at this point. Can you imagine your dad calling in on the hotline and getting tips? I know. I don't know if he ever... I need to ask him if he ever did that. I, I, I don't <laughs> think he did, mm -hmm. but that would be kind of funny. That'd be a <laughs> crazy job to have. So uh, some of the, uh, the enemies that you run into in the game, um, you've got Armos, which were... Um, kind of like iron knuckles or um, what are they called? Um, dark nuts or what have you. Um, yeah. Kind of the early iterations of those. Um, you've got the, uh, there's ghosts in there. Um, uh, they call them guineas or genies or something like that. Um, the uh, the levers is what they're called. I didn't know they're actually called that, but they're like the things that pop up in the sand like I always think of Ocarina of Time mm -hmm. and you're going through the desert and all those things that pop up and chase you. It's so annoying. Um, They're annoying here too. <laughs> um, you know, Breath of the Wild, uh, people will recognize the uh, the Lynels. Uh, they were a formidable foe in this game. 
That's kind of where they came from. It was really, really awesome throwback to see them in Breath of the Wild just because of of having been in the original and, and getting to see them in a 3D space was really, really cool. Um, you've got your Moblins. They're pretty staple in the series. Um, Octrox as well. Um, and all their annoying rock-throwing or spitting uh, attacks. Uh, P-Hats, which um, you don't see too many P-Hats in the game or in Zelda games, though it was included in, in uh, Ocarina of Time uh, in the Hyrule field. Um, the P-Hats would pop up and chase you around. Um, and I thought they were invincible in 64, um, but I guess you can beat them. Um, I found that out much yeah, much just, later. Um, but you just yeah. got to wait for the P-Hat to kind of settle down and before you can take it out. Once it's moving, it's invincible. So. Zora's made an appearance as an enemy in this game. Uh, super super annoying uh basically they pop up in the water and try to hit you with an energy ball or or what have you and um if they're not close enough to the shore then there's nothing not much you can do about it unless you've got arrows um and then you've got your tektites which are the uh kind of water strider like bug one-eyed bug things that jump around and yeah. uh make your life uh, a pain <laughs> Um, there is a host of enemies um, in, in the dungeons. Those are just overworld. Um, but you've got your wall masters, your whiz robes. Um, you've got uh, Stolfos, the skeletons, of course. Um, a couple of 2D games have the poles voice, which are like rabbit-looking creatures. I always thought they were, looked like rabbit heads. I don't know mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be other than that, but I always, always imagine them being rabbits. Um, Like-likes, which should steal your shield. Um, You've got your keys, uh, keys, see, keys, uh, the bats, um, of course. Um, Gibdo, oddly enough, um, the uh, redead uh, counterpart that's more like a mummy than anything else. Um, you got your dark nets, of course. Um, you know, I mentioned a little bit of how there's an enemy that's like that. I guess the armos are, are closer to um, your iron knuckles, and, and dark nets are probably the other. There is these things. Um, they're kind of annoying, um, but there was these like little ball things. Like looks kind of like like a static ball with like a skull at the center of it. Um, I guess these are the early bubbles, which I never really picked up that that's what they were. Like bubbles, like in Ocarina of Time, you'd fight those the skulls with like the flames surrounding them. I never really like put two and two together until like just now that that's what those are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that never never dawned on me ever. <laughs> I don't know if I honestly did either. Um, <laughs> yeah, in this game, I believe they don't they don't really hurt you. It just you can't use your sword for a few seconds after they touch you. I want to say like in other iterations, they like can drain your magic, and they don't always like you know take damage to your hearts or anything like that. But um, they are quite yeah, annoying yeah, when they bounce yeah. around and they hit you, especially in two D Zeldas. Some of the bosses um, in the dungeons, uh, there was a dragon-like character, which was really cool inclusion, I think, um, called Aquamentus. Um, I don't know, either Dragon or Nessie or something. <laughs> uh, your Dodungos, classic, classic uh, enemies. Uh, drop the bomb in their mouth. Um, uh, manhandle, which is a four-headed... It's like a plant piranha plant. Penis flytrap thing. thing. Yeah, it's actually, some of these are pretty, I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of them, but yeah, like I know with Manhandle, they're kind of easy. Uh, if you know the trick to them, a lot of the bosses are like that. Um, so is the Dongo. You just, 
there's always a trick to a lot of these. Sometimes they'll have more than one way to beat them. Like there'll be sort of a harder way to beat them. But then if you know what item to use or how to use it, like some of these you can kind of get rid of fairly easily. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Um, there's a, I don't know how you pronounce it, Gleok. Uh, basically a Hydra-like dragon, uh, multiple heads that you had to, to take down. Um, a Dig Dogger. I have no idea what that is. I don't know if they've even used a Dig Dogger before in any other Zelda games. It essentially looks like a floor mop or a buzzsaw blade or something. <laughs> like with an it's eye in, in the, the center. I don't know how else to describe it. It says it's in um, Oracle of Seasons as well. Okay. One of the bosses again. But I think that's the only time other than like <laughs> BS Legend of Zelda. I, I hate that name. You know what I mean? <laughs> on a, on the um, Satellaview. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And then uh, you got your 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 spider, you know, your your Goma from your first boss from the Ocarina of Time. Uh, that was in one of the Zelda yeah. bosses, and then of course your final boss that is the uh, the anthropomorphic uh, boar or pig or whatever you want to call him, uh, Ganon. Um, very blue in this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he was definitely the hardest. In this, I don't remember there being like a really great trick even against him. He he turns invisible at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tough, and he lives up to that final boss. You know, expected difficulty you could get out of him. Where a lot of the other ones, like Golma, if you had the arrows, he was pretty easy. A lot of them had little tricks to them, but I don't believe he really did. You actually had to have an item to beat him, if I remember right. I think you had to have the silver arrow to actually beat the game. Yeah, to actually kill him. I don't know if you just you just keep going, going, going until he finally beats you, or or what happens if you don't have that silver arrow. But definitely necessary for the for you know playing through that. So it's another way where this where the game can be a little bit mean um, if mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you can easily walk up to the final boss and think, oh yeah, I'm gonna beat this game, and then you'll never get it because you never got the item that you 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 know need, uh, which is tough. But that that's the. Uh, that's the challenge of the NES days. Um, it's definitely left a legacy. Um, you could say it's a bit legendary. <laughs> All started with that gold cart, which, funny enough, I think the gray cart version of this is worth more money. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hmm. oh, I would um, say, like with the way this one's this one holds up um, nowadays, like I said, is is a little bit rough in comparison to the later Zelda games or just games in general with some of the difficulty and what some people would call sort of unfair, I guess. But uh, you got to think of when this came out, it was just how amazing it was and how big of a world this was. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't really much of anything like it. Uh, and again, like you mentioned earlier, it, where they actually included a, I guess like a save battery or whatever it's called in the, in the cartridge, which this may have been the first or one of the first um games to do that mm-hmm. um i i really wouldn't want to sit down on one setting and do this but you know back then though we didn't uh, man i sound old but I know, I know everybody didn't have like you know 500 different games to choose from or just could boot up their switch and you know click one real quick and you've got 10 others there if you don't want to play that one mm-hmm. I, I, things were a little more there just wasn't as much out like plain and simple um so you could get a lot of time out of something like this even though there's not a ton to the game there's a pretty decent amount of, of content and you know dungeons and things but uh 
you know, something like this could last you a good amount of time to, to really figure everything out. I like um, this game has a little bit of a, a charm. Um, there is a mob that you can come across um, who says it's a secret to everybody. Um, essentially, he's a mob and it helps you out. Um, so it, even some of the bad guys can be good guys in, in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that that was kind of charming. Um, there, there's things like that that surprise you. Like not everybody's a bad guy, um, even though they are usually bad guys. Like there could be that one that's actually helpful to your to the hero. Let's go ahead and get into the music for this game. <sighs> there is nothing more iconic than that opening sound when you first start the game. That classic, classic sound. I'm going to play it right here because it is... I don't know. I feel like it's kind of ingrained in my brain whenever I think of, I'm going on an adventure. This song plays in my head. (laughs) You know? Just that, that, that chiptune classic Zelda theme. Nothing better. Um, from the the heroic overworld music to the ominous kind of dungeon music. Um, you can kind of compare it to the, the Bowser Castle music in Super Mario Brothers. Um, it has kind of that feel to it. Maybe even a little bit more, like, I guess, somber in tone. Um, such such a pretty pretty soundtrack um, and impressive for what they could do with with just the NES um, and make them so catchy. Yeah, the there's not like a ton of tracks for it, but what's there? Like everything's good. You will get, I guess you you will hear hear a couple of the same tracks a lot throughout the game, but mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like they get annoying. Um, you know, for for repeating themselves as much as they can. You know, you'll hear the overworld music a lot, and uh, basically all the dungeons have the same theme. But it's not—it's not something that ever like started to grate my nerves usually. Um, and and the last dungeon actually has its own theme as well. That's a little more, a um, little more ominous. You know, leading up to Ganon. Uh, so interesting to note. Like we did touch on a little bit. Um, about the controversy surrounding the religious symbols in the game. A lot of older games like, you know, Dragon Quest and things like that did use uh, those symbols. Um, and Japan didn't really care too much. Um, they were just, you know, that's what represents like something magical or holy or something was was the cross or, or what have you. I believe that Link's shield had a cross on it. Um, and then the Book of Magic um, was actually called the Bible in in Japanese, um, but you know if there was any retail sold or anything like that, the likeness was just like a solid shield. There was no cross on it or anything like that. Um, just for religious sensitivity, I guess, um, to make it more marketable. Um, but yeah, they they did change that to the Book of Magic or the Magic Book instead of a Bible, uh, which is kind of kind of interesting to see that they made that change um so they also say that the manji that third dungeon um, uh yeah they said it was in the shape of a left-facing swastika um and it's not really a bad thing but because it was associated with 
another symbol. It was controversial at that point. Um, it's actually a Japanese character and very common in Japanese culture. Um, but it's not recognized the same in other cultures, yeah. especially Western countries, um, due to its ties to to Nazis and things like that. So <laughs> it's uh, kind of interesting that that was kind of a theme. And that's you see that today in a lot of things. Like you go and, and watch Disney Plus and they have like this could have, you know, sensitive material or offensive material in it for older stuff because that just wasn't controversial at the time. Like it was just commonplace and used kind of flippantly. Um, whereas now it's a little bit more like uh, you can't really do that these days <laughs> without some kind of this warning was, or, or offending somebody, you know, <laughs> this was also before the ESRB existed. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm, I'm honestly really surprised they've they've re. I'm glad they have been able to do it. Thank goodness, but that they've released the original Zelda with with the couple things like you've mentioned, without you know giving us a different version of it without all of that symbolism in it or whatever, um, you know to keep from getting in trouble. I'm 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 kind of surprised that they've been allowed to get away with it. <laughs> um, there are some blunders in, in the game. Um, yeah, they have been, they have had faithful ports for the most part, um, other than some typos, um, which they've corrected in some other versions um, and other releases. And sometimes they just keep it like the original. Like they keep, I think there was a typo in the intro as well. I know Ganon, I want to say, had two ends in the name. Yeah, um, which I don't think is supposed to be. Uh, but yeah, they made some minor changes to that. Yeah, there's um, there's some things that got fixed with like the re-releases, like on the GameCube or on the Wii and things like that. Then, like Ganon's name is fixed. Um, I think there's another one or two, but I, I believe one that's never been fixed is the word Peninsula. Is Palin- I can't even say the word Peninsula is like always spelled wrong. I think in every version of it. Hmm. I, I don't know if they've just constantly overlooked it or what it is, but yeah, I think there's always like a letter missing or something. If I remember correctly, I think it's in the fourth dungeon, somewhere hmm. like that, third or fourth. <laughs> um, so we did touch on other iterations. Um, Josh, uh, where can you find this game? Like, how many places has it appeared in the history of Nintendo? Oh gosh, so outside of correct me if I miss one here, but outside of the NES and the Famicom, um. I'll go ahead and kind of throw out the there is the this Satellite View one that's on the Super Nintendo that's similar <laughs> without digging too much into that. It was only in Japan. Um it is sort of the same map. Uh so there's there's that, but for this for this game, like truly, there is the version in Animal Crossing that uh you basically have to use an action replay to get to. And on the GameCube, the original Animal Crossing. Um, there is the one on the collection disc on the GameCube, uh, the classic series, so to speak, on the Game Boy Advance. Um, the Wii Virtual Console had it. Uh, let's see, the Wii U Virtual Console, the 3DS Virtual Console, um, which sadly didn't get a 3D version of this game. Um, it was demo, though. On... Um, there was a demo yeah. uh, shown off at E3 one year that had that as part of the collection. I think Mega Man 2 was also in there as a 3D option, um, which would have been really cool if it actually became a thing, you know. And then sure. I also think I saw Yoshi's Island 2 was also mentioned on that as a possibility for classic games going to 3D. I wish they would have invested more into that because it was super fascinating, the ones that I did play, like Kid Icarus and things like that. 
It was. They look good too. But outside of that, um, I, I, it's on the Switch, um, on the the whatever app, the Nest app, um, along with the special version of it that like gives you all the hearts and and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's it. Uh, which is quite a bit. I might have missed one in there, but uh, just a, quite a, a classic, um, the NES classic. Oh but yeah, the... but yeah, it's on there as well. So if if you want to play it, I mean, it's it's out there. Um, mm-hmm pretty easy to find and uh in the future we may even get a game and watch <laughs> yeah yeah there there is that there, there's the uh game and watch game it's not this game i guess but it's you know there is the game and watch legend of zelda which <laughs> i would take that I, I like my super mario brothers one it's there's a little bit of a goofy purchase i guess but it's it's cool <laughs> i'd take it with the you know like the the game and watch zelda and the nest zelda and maybe one other thing in there to round out the package a little bit. Right now, we don't have anything for the anniversary of Zelda, um, the 35th one, uh, announced, which is kind of unfortunate. Like, I, I know they can't do that for every series, and Mario is Mario. I understand that, too. And he, Mario definitely deserves it. If, if only one series does, it's Mario, but I'd say Zelda's a close second, mm-hmm. um, at least for me. Zelda's always been one of my favorite series. Um, so, I... Hopefully we'll still see something out of that. Maybe something around this original game. I don't know if I want to see it remade. I don't know if it would have the same... I don't know if I want to say charm, but I just don't know if it would have the same feel. Like if they went back and added more hints, or, you know, or to make it too much more too easy, I, I don't think it would... It almost wouldn't feel like the same game anymore. <laughs> but you can definitely see the roots of the series here um, as it is. From, from this point forward, of course, things did get a little more easy to comprehend outside of maybe Zelda 2, which is just kind of a different game entirely. Um, well, not entirely, but somewhat. Uh, but like with A Link to the Past, uh, Link's Awakening, those next ones up, uh, they were still top-down, but things got a little more easy to know where to go next. It's It still wasn't... Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was still a little difficult, but like this one, just it just drops you out in the middle of a field, literally with nothing. Um, the others are a little bit different from that. So I, I think that keeps this one pretty interesting and kind of unique in the series. Breath of the Wild kind of does something similar, which I really appreciated, where you're <laughs> you're almost literally naked when you start that game. <laughs> and then you find the old man, like, you know, a few feet away. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a cool, like, like arrow to draw there and similarities from those Um this game, Legend of Zelda has always been a a pioneer in video games. Um, you know, this was the first real open world like game and it had the save states with it. Um and then you've got Ocarina of Time, um, which pushed the bar further um, you know, in the three D space and, and what a three D adventure would be like. And then you've got, you know, bre- your Breath of the Wild, um, which took it even further with like a huge open world with zero loading screens. Like it was just insane. The amount that you look at it, you can go there. You know, the, the, the world was just staggering um, how big it was. And so they're always setting these, these new milestones and these new uh, trends for video games. And, uh, and it's awesome to see that it's such a rich history um, all stemming from this one game that was also a a juggernaut and a legend in its own right. Oh yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where like it 
when they translated it to 3D, I actually personally like the 3D iterations usually a little bit better than the 2D. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say like the 2D ones don't hold up. It's kind of like Mario, I think, even in that instance where I think they both translated very well to 3D. And uh, they're almost like two completely different experiences, but they both work. I'm really glad that this became a thing. And this is a Nintendo's IP, their 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 house. Um, it's It's a staple for sure. It's sometimes they lean into it more than they do even Mario in a lot of cases. Um, I think if you boiled it down, um, Mario and Zelda keep Nintendo going um, and will always be kind of a popular title from the company. That is like, if you don't think of Mario, you think of Zelda. Um, They kind of go hand in hand. Sure, there's other things that will probably go on, you know, in future, like Animal Crossing. Now that the world has been exposed to that um, with with COVID and, and getting into that. But like nothing's quite like The Legend of Zelda and uh, the meme will never die that, uh, you know, Zelda is a, a guy in a green <laughs> outfit. <laughs> um, you know, the gender confusion, despite all that, um, it's not never. I, I hope that someday that Metroid will be in, in that kind of light like Zelda. But I never expect it because Metroid didn't set any kind of you know, precedent, any kind of it didn't set the world on fire. It didn't change up any formulas. It didn't wow the world. Um, and and set a new bar for video games, and so that's why um, it, this Legend of Zelda always outshines that series. Um, but you know, in, in that way, like nothing is more iconic than Mario, I'd say. Um, but for as far as gameplay, Zelda's where it's at, and it all started with this little gold cartridge on the NES. For sure, and and you're right. I actually still feel like, uh, and why. Wh- probably preferred zelda um i really feel like something like metroid could have been a kind of a third tier like this i'm not sure not not to get to i feel like i'm getting a little off topic there but uh i even remember like in the early gamecube days there was i think it was game informer had like three different issues maybe it was that one one had mario sunshine or mario on it one had samus for prime and one had link for wind waker and I just there for a while, I always kind of looked at those three as like being the big three, you know, that hung out since <laughs> like the 80s. So, you know, on a little side note there, I will say I hope Metroid maybe kind of gets to that level, kind of their third, you know, tier behind Mario and Zelda mm-hmm. there again. Um, yeah, I can definitely see for me, I definitely see why Zelda is as popular as it is um, and why it's stood the test of time um, and you know, seeing it sort of evolve again, almost in a backwards way in some ways, like with, <laughs> you know, the way Breath of the Wild is um, mm-hmm. and akin to the original Zelda in some ways more so than some of the other games before that. Um, it, it's it's interesting to go back, especially to this original one and just kind of see, you know, how it's changed and how they've stuck to some of those roots and how they're even potentially going back to some of those roots that were that was originally lost over time mm-hmm. it's sort of a it's sort of a link to the past that was bad it's not bad um i i would find it really funny if breath of the wild 2 uh, follows in the same vein um and moves on to zelda 2 so it's going to be like really really weird <laughs> like zelda 2 was from the first one um, but they seem to no. like to do that with sequels sometimes with <laughs> zelda 2 and majora's mask and uh, Usually I'm okay with that. You know, let it get a little crazy. 
So I still hope, like, I know it's probably not going to happen, but I hope to someday experience The Legend of Zelda, the original, in some 3D manner, whether it's playing it in VR um, with, the, with the virtual reality headset and getting that 3D effect or, I don't know, somehow putting it on the 3DS. It's not not unheard of, but uh, I'd like to experience the original. Um, sure, you can do the, the, the 2D HD uh, treatment, which would be kind of cool, actually. Um, if done well, um, I wouldn't mind seeing that, that updated. Um, I think we're more likely to see a uh, a uh, link to the past over this one beginning to remaster, but it'd be kind of cool to see. I prefer mm-hmm. this one over a link to the past. I know some people Same. will kill me for that, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I feel that way too, but again, I don't have really nostalgia for link to the past like I do the original Zelda or, or any of the others. So I, I feel you there. Well, guys, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Josh, do you want to do our due diligence? Sure. Um, so on Twitter, you can find us at Nintendo underscore Nostalgia. Um, on Facebook, of course, we are Nintendo Nostalgia on there as well. There is the Nintendo Nostalgia chat group to join on there. That's uh, always got a lot going on. We are also on Instagram at Nintendo um, underscore Nostalgia. So yeah, check us out in all of those places. Thank you very much. Um, We will see you guys next week for another awesome episode. Later, Preston. Bye.